There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, and we are thrilled to bring you another edition of questions from the audience. You're always welcome to submit your questions by emailing me at tmckernan at InsideSTL.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. I enjoy answering them. And they can be anything. I mean, it can be like Dr. Drew and Loveline. It can be something about radio. It can be something about sports. It can be something about politics. It's not like, I, it's not like I'm an expert in anything, but I will give you my, my candid opinion or experiences. So uh, fire away. Or on the TMA fan page, which is on Facebook, about 6,600 members in there. The TMA fan page, stop on by. And uh, in the threads, we're asking for questions. For questions from the audience, you can do so at uh, the TMA fan page or by emailing me at tmckernan at insidestl.com. We debut these every Wednesday or Thursday on the Inside STL Podcast Network and new interviews every Monday. Uh, Our most recent interview with former Missouri Governor Jay Nixon. I would recommend that one big time. Coverage on Ferguson and the Rams leaving St. Louis and also his tenure as Missouri governor. It's a good one. Goes into detail that you've never heard from him because if I'm not mistaken, it's his first long form interview uh, with television or radio since leaving the governor's mansion uh, in 2017. So with that all said, questions from the audience is brought to you by our sponsors, our studio sponsor, the HomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent, and Johnny Landoff. Chevrolet, located at the Washington Elizabeth exit at Highway 270 and online at Landoff.com. My wife just got her car from Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. And at this point, I'm telling you, I would be surprised if we got cars anywhere else uh, for the long run, because you know that Johnny Landoff Chevrolet is going to be in business for the long run. They've been doing it as a family since the 1930s. Johnny's father started the dealership. And now his sons are very active in the dealership. And when you're there, and this is so rare in 2018, but you really do feel like you're at a family business. Truly like and respect the Landoffs. Know that you can count on them. Uh, We've had uh, our board operator, the Plowhawk, on the Ryan Kelly morning after was having car issues. And Sam Landoff texts me and he said, hey, let me know what the situation is and we're going to get it taken care of. He reached out to me. I didn't reach out to him. And it wasn't even a Landoff car, but that's what they do. That's the kind of people you're dealing with, a Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. And, of course, Ryan Kelly, who has been with us on the Ryan Kelly Morning After, I think for seven or eight years at this point. But uh, also, of course, on the podcast since the very beginning, the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, Ryan Kelly. So many people, I think, when they have credit card debt, go, oh, I did something wrong. I'm in this spot. You didn't. The average household has $16,000 in credit card debt, and the game is set up to play you, not for you to play the game. And by that, I mean the interest rates are so high, once you're in that hole, it can be very, very tough to get out. Well, you can get out right now. 
because home values are at record highs and interest rates are still low. And you can do a cash out refi with Ryan Kelly and the HomeLoanExpert.com team. Take that money, pay off the credit card, start from scratch and use the equity in your home to get out of credit card debt. Do it with the HomeLoanExpert.com or you can refinance. And if you're interested, you're buying a home, you know where to go. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan Kelly, online at TheHomeLoanExpert.com. And finally, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent was just on the phone with James five minutes before uh, getting this podcast underway. Just making reference to uh, a car situation, was making a, a situation with the car, be taken care of by James Carlton. And I think the phone call, I think we were on the phone, we were talking about the radio show for like 20 seconds. And then the other minute 10, we were taking care of the business. That's how quick it is. And if you do switch to James Carlton at 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net, they do all the work for you. I know this. If I were going, okay, you're pitching an insurance guy to me. First off, who cares? We all have insurance guys. You'd go, what's so different about this guy? I can tell you, this guy knows the business, a young guy that is getting things going and his name is spreading throughout the St. Louis area because of the customer service and his knowledge of the industry. But secondarily, I'd be like, ah, it's going to be a whole process. They do it for you. Get with somebody, get with somebody who's going to be around for a long time and who is passionate about the industry, and that's James Carlton at 314-961-4800. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. All right, it is time for questions from the audience. We'll go to emails, we'll go to Facebook, and we will attempt to answer uh, as many as possible uh, here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. We start with this one. Hey, Tim. QFTA, question below. You've talked a decent amount about mental health recently between Michael Wellington's recent appearances on TMA and the Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain news a few weeks ago. You've also analyzed social media behavior, particularly negative interactions online. And I'm wondering if you have a perspective on whether or not social media's growth and the overall increase in smartphone usage has played a role in our current mental health landscape. Feel free to use my name here. Thanks. And that's from Danny Kurth. Loved this question because there are a lot of layers to this question. First off, regarding Michael Wellington, for those of you not familiar with Michael Wellington, uh, he's somebody I have known for a very long time, probably 20 plus years, as a matter of fact. And I just know him as we're peers. And uh, and then uh, he's a great golfer. And was the caddy for Chris Nagel, a St. Louisan who made the cut at the U.S. Open, was actually on the leaderboard for a time on Thursday's round at Shinnecock. And uh, just, a, just a really good guy. And he wrote about his uh, battles with bipolar. Started up a foundation called Birdies for Bipolar. And, you know, I think oftentimes people, and I could be wrong on this, and I'm not attempting, I'm not even thinking of anybody in particular, but I think a lot of times people may start up a foundation and then realize how tough it is or something else, whether it be family or professional life gets in the way. And then the foundation just kind of fizzles out and can't blame anybody. I mean, you you took the initiative to do something with the purest of motives uh, and it might not work out. It's just like starting a business, but at least you fired your shot. Well, in the case of Wellington specifically in the, in the question from Danny, when Michael was on our show, because birdies for bipolar was the, beneficiary of uh, portions of the proceeds from the free dotum open uh, his appearance on the show which was really just to mention our charity partner we started talking about mental illness and 
I got a bunch of emails, and by bunch I mean like five, uh, within 24 hours of his appearance on the show, and I forwarded them to Michael, and Michael reached out. I didn't expect this. I didn't say, hey, could you reach out to this guy? I just said, hey, this guy was moved by your appearance, and he reached out to every single one of them, some of with whom he met like within 24 hours of receiving my email, and others who might not be in the area, but he he pointed them the right direction. And I think, here's what I think, and I, and I don't know so I'm sure plenty of you are, uh, you know, either way to be related to friends with or perhaps yourself experiencing some kind of mental health issues. Uh, and, and I and I think based on what Michael was telling me about a couple of the people he met with, they didn't even realize how severe it was. And they thought that it was just what they had to live with. And so what Michael and what he is doing, it is a destigmatizing mental health issues, which I think is perhaps the first and most important step. And then secondarily, letting people know there's somebody they can talk to about it. And then third, letting them know it does not have to be this way. I mean, Michael had to reach low points in order to turn it around. And if you met Michael Wellington, you'd go, this guy suffers from from bipolar, but he's he's worked at it takes medication, he's written about all of that, he's talked about all of that, and he realizes it's a daily battle, but he's taken care of himself and he's completely changed his life. And he's one of the most friendly, respectable guys you can come across. And so therefore, what I think it tells people is there is uh, a solution. It does not have to be this way. And you know, it's something that you don't have to be ashamed of. And it's not like something if, you, if you're not interested in broadcasting it to the world, that's completely understandable. But there is somebody who will certainly respect your confidentiality and will be more than happy to help you out. And if you are hearing me say this and this hits close to home for you or a family member or a friend, email me and I'll get it in the hands of Michael Wellington. And my guess is you're going to be hearing from him very quickly uh, because he does want to help. Um, this is, I mean, like I said, I, I saw Mike, Michael's father, uh, the, the weekend, I think it was the weekend, uh, before the U S open. And I said, I'll t- I gotta tell you something. And you know, I mean, I'm in no position to tell anybody who they should be proud of and who they should. I said, you should just be very proud of your son because you know, it's, it's starting the foundation is one thing, but how he's meeting with people and then getting on the phone with people and then making sure they're following up. I mean, he's not making money to do that. And, and, and even if he was, it doesn't make it less honorable. But the fact that he's doing it out of the goodness of his own heart because he knows what it was like, that's so, so admirable. So if this resonates with you for whatever reason, email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com and I'll put you in touch with him. And uh, my guess is he will be helping you as well. Uh, now, regarding the social media behavior uh, and, and what has transpired with the suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain bringing mental health issues back into uh, the center stage of the arena for discussion on the topic. Um, Social media, I think it's cutting both ways. And I don't know what your intent, Danny, was on the question, but here's, here's how I see it. Number one, from the good standpoint, I think it makes people more aware whether it be for themselves or a loved one or a friend, uh, or that this is something that is real. And candidly, I think as recently as a decade, I don't think 
I think it was something that was maybe mocked or something's wrong with that person or they did something to get themselves in this state uh, or something people had to hide from and then feel loneliness. Uh, And I think by seeing people discuss it, I think, similar to what I said about Michael, it destigmatizes it to to a large extent. Um, Now, on the other side of it, I think the combination of bullying and pitchfork mafias on social media are two of the most destructive elements of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, that I can recall in my life. Uh, It is new, and, and by new I mean it wasn't around 15 years ago. Uh, it wasn't nearly as intense as it uh, is now as it was 10 years ago. Uh, and by that, I mean, it has obviously gotten worse with the growth of these. And and, and perhaps the reason why I'm so, um, I don't know if the right word is hypersensitive to it, but empathetic to it um, is number one, I, I'm in awe of how vile, malicious, and destructive these pitchfork mafias are. Uh, And they're not limited to any political persuasion um, or any even demographic. It's, it's across the board. Uh, And also um, I've been there. And once you've been there, you go, wow. Anytime you see somebody experiencing it, you just can't help, but feel sorry for them. And, 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 and listen, in many cases, People were wrong, and that is why the the Pitchfork Mafia came after them. However, I'm I'm I mean I, I, one of the double standards in this whole Pitchfork Pitchfork Mafia phenomenon on social media that I that, that I'm I've been truly in awe of. The, it's the lack of self awareness of people who are part of the Twitter Pitchfork Mafia or Facebook pitchfork mafia or instagram pitchfork mafia who are decrying behavior that they find to be vile or mean-spirited or hurtful and they're decrying it with sometimes even more hateful speech and they want people who they're targeting to be fired or boycotted but what's let's Let's play out the hand. What about the people who are who are attacking with meanful and hate-filled speech over the target? What about them? How I don't understand. I don't understand how one we can all raise our fists in the air, but you can raise your fists in the air with the most mean-spirited shit going, and then not be subjected to any penalties for your words. I'm I'm fascinated by that. I'm truly fascinated by that. I'm I'm sickened by it actually. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what the cause of it is. I think it's a learned behavior. Uh, I've told the story before at uh, at, at my fraternity. Uh, I remember guys would just you know this was back when people smoked. Not to say that nobody does now, but certainly fewer people now. And they would just like flick cigarettes on the ground in the hallways of the fraternity and just like put them out in the hallways or put them out in the kitchen. Or leave like chewing tobacco cups just sitting out. 
And, and as a freshman, you walk in there and you go, what in the hell is this? But then by the second semester, your freshman year, you're doing the same thing. It's a learned behavior because it becomes normalized. And from my standpoint, what has gone on with that is, is beyond the realm of understanding for me. I, I cannot figure out how the members of the Twitter for, Pitchfork Mafia who go on the attack with some of the most, I mean, drop in, take your pick of the most vile words you can think of with hate behind them, all wanting someone to be fired or boycotted or see them taken down, but then somehow they're not held to the same standard. I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand it. I'm in awe of it. Uh, And oftentimes, these are people with information that's incomplete or misinformed or coming from a source with an agenda and and you see, it's it's like a it's a God. I don't know how many times a week does it happen? Two or three times a week, where it's like, oh, good, now we have something. And you'll see the popcorn gifts come up, and people, I guess, are just bored at work, and they just want to just want to take people down. It's brutal. And like I said, I've been there. I was there during the Albert Pujols thing in 2013, and I'm just sitting there going, well, you know, I mean, I got, I guess, I got to eat this thing, even though I I know the truth, but I can't say anything. Uh, because our insurance company said, hey, you can't say anything. And so you just got to sit there and you got to take it. And I'm reading just hateful things. And I'm like, God, you, you mean people writing things that they, they don't even know what really happened. And, and, you, and, you, and, and it's brutal. But that was, relatively speaking, that was a small thing. My recommendation on this, so you can read stories of what it's like, is the book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson. It's not a horror story. It's autobiographical accounts. Well, it's biographical accounts uh, with Ronson interviewing a number of people who have been publicly shamed. And, uh, and, and, and truthfully, it reads like a horror story, a series of horror stories. Um, it's people oftentimes, not all the time, oftentimes in this book um, who didn't even think that they were doing something that could destroy their lives, but with one move, destroyed their lives to the point that they now are uh, having to change their names, relocating, they get fired from their jobs. And it is, it's, it's something. And again, I want to make this clear. It's not like I'm defending what they said or did. I'm just saying what has taken place with the punishments for the crimes because of the pitchfork mafias, it has taken on a life of its own. And to me, it is dangerous. So how does that impact mental health? Well, what do you think the mental health is of those people? What is it you think of the mental health of the people who are in the Pitchfork Mafia and the people who had, uh, who were who the targets of the Pitchfork Mafia? And, and to a much lesser extent, it's something that I've talked about on the show when Iggy jokingly uh, talks about the picture with the group from uh, TMA getting together at Kirkwood Brewhouse. And, and, I, and he posted and I said, yeah, I from my standpoint, I wouldn't post the picture of, you know, like the 15 or 20 people were together, not because I, I, I know he wasn't doing anything malicious, but because my understanding is, and my son's only 10 months old, but my understanding is for those who uh, have uh, sons or daughters who are in their teenage years, one of the great forms of shade and passive aggressive bullying that goes on now is a group of friends get together and maybe one person who doesn't really like one of the people who's not there then posts a picture on Instagram or Facebook 
and then that person's not the Snapchat, whatever, and that person's not there, and then that inside really hurts the person who's not there. And so just being cognizant of that for something as trivial as a picture of 15 listeners getting together, you have the other 6,500 listeners going, well, how come these people are getting together and hanging out in the name of the show and I wasn't invited? And I get that. I get it. I know it's not done with malice, but I but you put yourself in somebody else's position and I get it. And that's not something that I want to, you know, want to advocate because I understand where it's coming from, even if I know that there isn't malice, whereas I do know that in some cases there is malice. Uh, and so you're just empathetic to the situation. So something as subtle as that can can impact mental health and you feel alone and then it becomes a domino effect, especially if if you're susceptible to it. And so I do think that it cuts both ways. Uh, it's made people more aware of mental health issues, and it's made uh, the conversation become less stigmatized. But on the other side of it, it opens up the door for more bullying and pitchfork mafia, mafiaing, if that is a word. And I'm quite confident that it is not. Great question, Danny. Uh, thank you so much for submitting it. T. McKernan at uh, InsideSTL.com is how you can submit questions or here on the TMA fan page. And that's where I get this one. Recently... Been trying to eat better with pretty good results. I've heard you talk about macronutrients and such, but I'm straight up ignorant on anything remotely healthy. I've already started using my fitness pal, that's an app, but would be interested in hearing more detail on what the best move is to stay as tight and rewarding as you. Uh, that comes from Derek. Uh, here is here is what I can tell you, and I'm glad that you asked the question because I've talked about it a little bit this on the show, uh, but here on the podcast I can expound a little bit on it. And I, I'm by no means am I sitting here saying, yeah, I'm at, you know, 11% body fat and, and a washboard stomach and uh, uh, all of that. Uh, I, I, For me, what was one of the um, most important, and I mean, it's just a total coincidence, uh, I was looking for something to read two summers ago when Anna Marie and I, my wife, were in Las Vegas, and and I think I was just scrolling through the New York Times bestseller list, and... I found a book written by Michael Matthews called Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. And I, for whatever reason, it clicked with me. And I will recommend it wholeheartedly to anyone in the audience. And uh, this is a book for men uh, and for women. He has uh, a book called Thinner, Leaner, Stronger. Um, and in this book, and I, I'll tell you, I mean, over the next... Six to eight months, I guess maybe a year. Uh, I, I I think it was probably, and I was uh, 39, going turning 40 in September. It's the best shape I had been in. And I don't want to say it was easy, but I'm sure many of you can speak to this. You, you, you have every intention of getting in, in good shape, better shape, whatever the case might be, or just losing weight to get in, in shape where you're not at a health risk. And then you go into the gym and you're just kind of like, oh, I guess I'll get on the elliptical or I'll walk or I'll, you know, see if I can run two miles today or uh, do the stairs or maybe I'll bench press just because I know bench pressing is supposedly good, you know. And so what this book did, and I'd love to have Michael on, actually. Um, I listened to his podcast. Uh, here, here's, here are the two things. And perhaps the nutrition element is the most important one. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, and this is for men. I can only speak to men, but he did write a book, and, and I would advocate this, uh, called Thinner, Leaner, Stronger, which gives the same plan, just with different strategies for women. This is Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. 
and it lays out the workout strategies. And, you know, I think there's one, I think there's a lot of misinformation. Uh, and since I did it, and since I saw how it worked, um, I can tell you, um, you know, I can, I can, I can advocate for it passionately. Uh, what his essentially, this is it. I mean, this is a very rough outline of what it is. Uh, you want to do compound exercises. You want to lift. And so one day would be chest. And so you're doing incline presses. You're doing bench press, flat press, uh, like face pulls. And you can be out of there in 30 minutes. But you're lifting heavy weights. And you're giving yourself two to three minutes in between each set, which I think goes against what most information you would get is. But you're lifting, I think, 80% of your max, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you want to go anywhere from between six and eight reps. And quickly you see progress, not just with how many uh, reps and how much weight you're lifting, but also you'll actually see progress, which I think is super important. So you know that the work you're putting in is providing you with results. So that's one day. Uh, an exercise, you know, I've talked to TJ Mo about this, and I said, what do you think about deadlifts? He goes, oh, I don't like to do deadlifts, too many injuries. I, I, I mean, I've definitely deadlifted. It hadn't it'd been a long time. Then the next day, it's deadlifting for your core, for your back. Make sure you're doing it properly. Ask somebody at your gym to show you if you're not familiar. And these days, you can look at YouTube videos and see it. That's so helpful because I'll, I'll see something on my exercise plan. I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is. And you can just pull up it on your phone, pull it up on your phone, and, and you're doing the exercise properly. But it's really built around deadlifts. And on that day, uh, there's dumbbell rows and pull-ups. And again, it's like it, it could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, then there is a day for uh, squats and leg presses and Romanian deadlifts. And, and that, and then that's it. It's not like you're in there for an hour. And so it makes it easier to go and do it. Plus you're, you're experiencing the progress. And then, um, and then shoulders, military press, that's the compound exercise there. And you're building up your shoulders, you're building up your lats with all of the, your, the work that you're putting in. And then the fifth day, if you're going to do five days of lifting, you go back to chest, except lighter weight with more volume. And then you're also working on your, your arms with uh, bicep and biceps and triceps exercises, and then you're out. And one of the misnomers that still I have a tough time getting around is that it's really not like I'll ask TJs, do you do much with cardio? Not really. And if you do do cardio, as Michael writes, Michael Matthews, it's high-intensity interval training. That's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, as opposed to, I think, what many of us, including myself, have done. It's like, oh, I'm going to put in an hour today on the bike or oh, I'm going to just, you know, run for 30 minutes if I can or I'm going to do the stairs for, or the elliptical, whatever. This is a minute on as fast as you can go, whatever it is that you're doing, and then a minute off or two minutes off, whatever you can handle. And that's going to give you the best metabolic burn. So there's the, there's the workout element of it. But if you're not eating right, I mean, it's not to say don't work, don't bother working out, but I'm just telling you, you're not going to experience the progress that I, I don't, again, I don't want to say it's easy because I think oftentimes, and I think it's a very arrogant position to come from. It's like when somebody shits on somebody else's politics, it, again, going back to the term empathy, uh, there's a reason why, why somebody may be coming from the position they are. And maybe the reason is one that you don't find to be honorable, but maybe one of the, is the reason, you know what? I have three kids and I have to work and I, then I want to go to their games or their practices or I have to come home and watch them so my wife can do this or that or I just don't have the time or we can't afford to get this kind of food. 
So you never know somebody's situation. So to like, oh, look at this guy. You know I mean? That's just, it's a, it's a shitty, and who are you endearing, by the way, when you, you know, shit on somebody's situation? Like, okay, you know, take care of your own house. So with that all said, here is, here is the move. And I can't recommend this to you. And it, it's so helpful. The app is called MyFitnessPal, as, as Derek brought up. Download it and you got it. And, and here is the key. You can find out how many calories you need to be taking in for, for, for you personally. And it's going to differ from person to person. Uh, but, you know, a good guideline would be most likely anywhere from around 2,000 to 2,500. Now, it depends on a person. If, I, if Joe Thomas were our guest right now, I'm quite certain he was taking in twice as much as that when he was an offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 5'8", a buck 65. My number's probably on the lower end uh, than, than most people listening to the show, most guys listening to this show. So, uh, you know, it has your calories for the day. That, that what is your goal? And then you go in in your diary and now, with an app, this is so different than 10 years ago, you enter in what you had, and it can be specific to the brand, or it can just give you an idea. And then you enter in what you ate, and then it calculates not only the calories, so you see how much that's taken away from your goal. If your goal, like I'm looking at mine, it's 2045, 2045 calories for the day. Uh, but then it also calculates your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fats. And a good guideline for protein, which I think is, I think where a, a miss is, it was a miss for me before reading this book, is you want to take in about a gram of protein per day for your body weight per this book. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this and going, I totally disagree. And if you disagree, it's fine. I try to leave the personal tax and the passive aggressive element out of it. This is, this is what I followed and this is what worked for me. Uh, so at that point, you know, it's about 165 grams of, uh, of of protein, which can be tough, you know. If it, I, I think for years, I was not getting close to 165 grams of protein. You're going to get it from meat, of course, from fish, uh, from nuts, and it is super, super uh, easy once you know. But I think a lot of people don't know, and that that's the, those are the building blocks for getting yourself in better shape. The building blocks for muscle. Uh, you know, when I wanted to cut my body fat uh, earlier in the year, I talked to my trainer. He goes, I would get, you know, your, your gram per pound of weight and then get, get it down to 75 grams of fat and then make up the rest of the calories and carbs. Michael Matthews goes against the grain on this carbohydrate thing where you don't eat carbohydrates. And his reasoning for that is, he says, without carbohydrates, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to have energy. And I got to tell you, from my experience, that's where I am. You know, it depends on... Your body's makeup, you know, some people are in, in a better situation genetically than others. That's just the way that it is. You know, my my background being, you know, ancestors, Northern European, Irish, uh, you know, it, certain things impact people certain ways based on DNA. Um, but these are the way to get yourself on the right track if you want to do it. And for me, I know, you know, I mean, sure, you can get a trainer, but I mean, that's going to be expensive. So if somebody says, here's the roadmap, and then I follow the roadmap, and after a few weeks, I can actually see progress, and I'm going, God, that wasn't like, that didn't require me to be in the gym for 90 minutes, and it's not like I was starving. I mean, you know, shit, 2,000, 2,200 calories, that's, that's plenty. 
uh, and then knowing, and then like kind of challenging yourself to, to have, make sure you get the right amount of protein and then minimize the fat and, uh, make sure it's the right number on carbohydrates and answer the question. I'm sure someone have, it's about 130 to 140 grams of carbohydrates. will then get me to that number. And listen, I want to make this clear. Also, this isn't something like I'm like, you know, following religiously. I still enjoy, uh, you know, a good feast whether it be fast food, pizza, whatever the case might be. And it's, you know, it's, you know, I'm 41 years old. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, posing in some kind of magazine anytime soon. Unfortunately for many of you, that will not be happening, but, uh, it, it just allows you to, st- to have an idea of how to stay in shape or how to get in shape. Because I think a lot of people think, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have diet, diet soda and you have no idea what the byproduct is. I didn't know, or I'm going to eat something that's low fat. I don't know. Or, I do eat healthy for breakfast and lunch, and then I'm starving by dinner, and then I just blow up what I did the first 12 hours of the day. And so resistance training, and I think I think the best part about it is that I can advocate passionately, is how you're not in there long. Like, I get, like I get done, and I go, God, I'm, I, and he writes this in the book, but it's true. You're like, I can't believe I'm done. I almost feel guilty. I should do this, or I should do that. But he's saying this is the, this is the way that it works. And then I did it and I'm just like, Oh my God. Now I will say this. Now here's the downside because not everything's always perfect. There's usually downside on everything. Uh, for, for me, what I would find is I was lifting, you know, for me again, weighing 165 pounds when I got to a point, point where I was like, my bench was 185, six reps. That was part of the workout. And for me at 41 years old, which you, you still think and feel like you're in your teens or twenties, uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I, I fucked up my shoulder, you know, or, ah, now my elbow hurts or this or that. You got to make sure that if you're injured, you take it easy. You know, I mean, I know it's admirable to grind through the pain in, in many minds, but all you're doing is complicating the situation more. So something that I was doing, uh, with my wife, which was not something I was real comfortable with going into it was going to yoga. She loved it. And I remember talking to a guy, uh, saw him down at spring training and he's, you know what? I used to get injured all the time and now I go to yoga and it's just, that's what I do. And it's so weird, but I know now golfers and even poker players, uh, which are my two interests, they're doing yoga all the time. And, and I think a lot of people go yoga, really? But it helps stretch, which then helps reduce, uh, injuries. So I'm not saying, okay, lift, eat right, and do yoga. I realize those are three, you know, three major uh, requests for those of you who who haven't been doing any of those things. But I can tell you uh, that that's another way to attack it. I'm not talking about five days a week yoga. I'm just saying that will help stretch and help reduce injuries. Because if you are older uh, and you start lifting heavy weights, and especially if your form's not right, you're going to find yourself running into problems with with injury. And that's something that I felt like the downside was my wife would be in the gym at the same time. And she'd go, what in the hell are you doing lifting that much weight? I mean, what are you, what are, what's your goal here? You know, if anything, you're playing a lot of golf and you want to remain flexible and you're, you know, doing this. And I, I don't know. I just want to keep progressing because I love this workout plan, but that is my recommendation. Be cognizant of the injury element. Uh, but I'm telling you, I, I, I've worked with trainers and I love them. It's not like I'm like anti-trainer. I'm just saying for me, so I'm not spending whatever it is per session with a trainer, this book, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. And I got, I've never met Michael Matthews at all. Never talked to him. I'm just telling you it worked for me and I was stunned by how well it worked. And, and again, relatively speaking, how easy it was, but you have to combine it with working out and you have to combine it 
with eating right. And the MyFitnessPal app, from my standpoint, is gold. And here's the thing. If you have a day where you're like, oh, my God, and I have these, like a Friday night and we just have a feast, and I'm going, oh, my God, I'm entering in 3,800 calories. What in the hell? I just blew up the other three days of the week. It, it, it's it's your own form of holding yourself accountable because that's not a pleasant thing to enter in. Oh, look, I had five pieces of pizza and I just had 1,400 calories, and, you know, 200 grams of fat. But at least you're then aware of what you're doing, especially when you have your goals. So it does help the cause. So from that standpoint, the MyFitnessPal app and then following the workout plan and Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, from my standpoint, is the move. And for women, uh, I would advocate Michael's work with Thinner, Leaner, Stronger is the name of that book. So there it is. Uh, my perspective on both mental health and physical health. Do with it what you want. Your feedback is always welcome at Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. We love your questions for questions from the audience. And, of course, very grateful to our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent, and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, online at Landoff.com and Highway 270 and Washington Elizabeth Exit. In St. Louis, send in your questions anytime you would like. Send in your feedback and please give positive reviews on iTunes or wherever you may podcast for The Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.